your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. A great fly, uh, flyer myself. I'm, I get scared of the flights. But Marco saying you've only been twice in your life on flights. Yeah, sad, isn't it? Two times twice. in your entire life, and I'm assuming you're in your 40s. I am 44. Yeah. Okay. I, the first time I went was um, I was like 22, 23. A friend of mine's mom, when we all graduated college, she got like she was a frequent flyer, so she got us all like you know a continental, you know anywhere you want to go in the continental U.S. And he had moved to California. So I went to go see him. I wound up going alone because the other two bailed on me and they went the year after. So I went, that was the first time I was on a flight. And the next time was my honeymoon. And that was 11, over 11 years ago. God, we got to get you on a vacation. I, no kidding. Boy, a little boys trip. Where are we going? The overnight boys trip. Let's go see a ball game or something. I'm in, man. I, now, again, I've always tried to explain to people, like, no, I'm not afraid. Of, yeah, I'm I'm broke, but like not overly broke. Like, yes, yes. <laughs> but like not to the point of like destitute. But yeah, right. broke. Yeah, just throw it on the charge card. Who cares? What's the difference? But it was the idea that like, you know, when you're, you know, that when you're part-time like everywhere mm-hmm. and you're working three or four jobs, like it's not just the yeah. vacation that you got to pay yeah. for. It's the fact that you don't get paid right, if you take for off. a week or yeah. two weeks or whatever that you're gone. Like, I can't. No, not I have that a forever. month worth yeah. of, you know. Still do that at, at, at TV. Right, if I'm off, like a, I, I lose that money. Yeah. Right, it's like a month worth of income. Like, I can't, I, I you, can you take one twelfth of your salary and just not, like, I can't do that. Right, the, it's the double. You're so, paying for the trip right. and you're losing the work. So yeah. that's why my, you know, sorry oh, ass has not been on vacation in over 11 years. Now that you're full-time here, a little vacation time coming do. up next year. That's what time and, and take a little vacation. I am a... Marco's wife would love if instead of taking her and the kids on vacation, yeah, the first boys move, go away with the overnight crew. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll be able to Or come anybody back. that's not yeah. them. Right, let's go I to mean, Oakland and check out the AU Stadium before they get rid of it. Uh, I, are you a good flyer, Fleeks? I am not. I cannot. I'm, like, mentally not there with flying. Yeah, I've gotten to the point. I'll give me my headphones and music or download something on my iPad to watch, and I'm good to go. Once we're up in the air and it's all good and, you know, level, I'm I'm okay with that. But takeoff, no yeah, good. Yeah, no, I had no issues with any of that. Turbulence, ooh, man. I've had some scary, like... Well, no. who is good with turbulence? Yeah, I don't know. I do remember... Well, no, this is not a humble brag whatsoever. I'm just telling you the real story. Mike used to take us occasionally on his... He would, like, rent out a private jet to where we would go to. Now, I met him one time. They gave me tickets to the Super Bowl, Giants and Patriots, in Arizona. Mm. I flew out there on my own after working the week. Like, you know, they were at uh, Radio Row, whatever it was. I was back at the shop handling the show. I leave Saturday morning, meet them in Arizona, go to some parties Saturday night, whatever, Super Bowl the next day. Came back the night after the Super Bowl in Mike's, uh, like, private marquee jet it was called at the time mike me eddie erickson mike's wife and maybe like his brother-in-law something like that and dog and dog is sitting there before the plane's taken off banging his his hand with his wedding ring like hand in his head like (laughs) as nervous as like like you, you i mean you know dog I, he was making me. Now I'm already nervous to begin with. He was making me freak out. As a matter of fact, I think he probably took something to like calm him down. 
But he was nuts. On and the private jet. On the private jet. And we did that a couple times. Mike took us to spring training. Uh, yeah, spring training like that. And then another Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, which was a – that's a whole nother experience. Flying on a small little plane one time. <laughs> we got on – this was in Tampa. We get on the plane. Dude, no joke. We get on the plane coming back. And the thing was like you, you couldn't even stand on it. Your head would hit the top. Like, you know, you walk down the center of the aisle. I'm so, picturing, like, Major League. You guys like, yeah. That I don't love. I've been on the small plane yeah. once or twice. Well, guess who else didn't love it? Yeah, the big guy. Thankfully, the big guy didn't love it either. He got on there, and I see him, like, trying to, you know, get through the aisle. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, I don't want to fly on this little rocket ship. Like, I can't do this. You, can, you just Eddie, feel like it's going to fall apart. Yeah, well, it's, it's like a, a toy plane. It was so small. When I tell you, it's like I, I'm claustrophobic to begin with. I'm not a good flyer. Thank God. And we're not going to say anything. I mean, what am I supposed to do? Mike, I I can't fly on this? Get me a bigger plane? (laughs) There's no way. We were screwed. We're in for the long haul. One way or another. Me and Eddie were along for the ride. And thankfully, Mike's like, I can't do this. We got a different plane. So whatever. We ended up waiting for another hour until they got a bigger plane. Thankfully. But those are pretty cool experiences. But in general, I'm just not a... And it's mental. I know that. I'm just not a good flyer. When you actually think about... You have... There's no control. I know you really have no control in life anyway, but... You're up there in the sky. There's absolutely no control over what's going on. Yeah, that stuff doesn't bother me. I'm good. I'm not in control. Tremendous. I'm going to close my eyes. <laughs> this ain't on me. Great. Oh, Super. Oh, God. Yeah, no interest. All right. I can't believe you've only been on two flights in your whole life or two, I, I, two what trips. What can I tell you? I don't, we didn't, you know, loser. Huh? What can I say? Uh, no. We, we no, didn't do it. Like, we, we, I, I, again, there's too much time where I spent... And you look back, man. I spent so much time working and like still broke. Like, what was the point? Come on, Mark. Go live a little. Well, I now know. They, now I got to. Now I got to try. Right. Well, you know. Now it's a little bit harder with you know kids to trek around, but uh, still, whole other issue. Yeah. Figure it out. You know. Ah, oh, God. All right. Well, imagine the issue. wife stayed. Who knew? Yeah, really. Does she like have a you know a, a need to go away? Uh, a Just... need for a life? Yeah, <laughs> she's been saying it for quite some time. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> right, but she stayed anyway. Yeah, you, don't wanna, you don't want to. You don't want to get on You guys had this mind for years when we were dating. Now married. If I like, there are weeks where I can't go away because of work. She's happy to go somewhere without me. Yeah, she's f- or fine doing it. I, it's different with if the it's baby. a French trip. She'll get on that plane without me. Yeah, my wife has no issue flying, but she doesn't really want to leave, especially with the baby. Well, right? I was going to say with the kids, it's different now. But like before the kids, yeah, she took a lot of vacations without me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's Pre- like, oh, you can't go. All right. My Be- wife gets sent away covering sports. Are covering sports and traveling for work, and we do that here. And of course, there's no travel involved. That's fantastic <laughs> that she does that. I, I would always, I was always envious of people who had the travel built into their job. Now it gets tiring, and it's at I'm at a point now. Like when I was 25, I'd want that. Yeah, 25, 30, life on the road, go hang out. 43, married with a kid. What the hell am I going to take? On like the road? One I don't want to go anywhere. Weekend a year, they cover, send you to cover one event, and that's it. Yeah, right. I'm trying to book some trips here to go. You know, I, want, I do want to knock out the ballparks. They got like eight left, or actually less than that. But they keep adding new ones now. New Kansas City apparently going to build a new ballpark. But I've got like I think seven left overall. I got to check the box on that. I just want to get it over with. My OCD is kicking in there. Anyway, <laughs> multiple flights for that. All right, Marco. Well, we appreciate uh, your insight right there. Really, you're gonna. It, it's gonna be depressing if you keep going down the road of like with the stuff that I haven't done. It's gonna be depressing. Well, long. we're gonna learn as we grow as a as a talk yeah, show here but together. Then, you know, let's not bring the mood down. You know, let's you know. You, you, you're married and you I have am, kids. Yes, I do. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, you've been in the movies in recent years? Uh, not recently. No, but I used to. That like, used like to be how a, recent? It used to be a pleasure. Like, what are you talking about? Uh, I don't know. Pre-COVID. Last, All right, that's not that bad. I don't know. Three or four years ago not that bad not awful 
Yeah, last time this came up, you made it sound like it was before the turn of the century. No, 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 no. I used to go constantly, and then, you know, basically my life stopped at, like, 24. So then, like, since then, no, not that much. Every once in a, you know, here's what we need to do. You can create this game, and then Fleegs and I will play. You could say, you know, true or false or however you want to word it, but I have experienced such and such. Like, I've flown to Aruba before. All right, what do we think? Did Marco fly to Aruba before? I'm going to go with no, Fleet. You come up with that. We'll play that. It doesn't have to be today. Whenever. Mm. I mean, I'm assuming you're not going anywhere. I don't think I'm going no, anywhere either. apparently not. I never I mean, go at anywhere. Least, I'm at least scheduled for the week, so I'm going to be here for the week <laughs> if you want to. Apparently, know. I'm not going anywhere ever, so yeah, yeah we're good. <laughs> I can't make the same promise. Beyond the week, I have no idea. That's you guys. <laughs> After December 7th, you're not going to see me for a month. <laughs> oh, that's you doing mornings for a whole month? Off and then mornings. Ah, oh, I think I'm doing mornings. I think the final week of the year, but who knows? Eddie and Al still have a lot of vacation time coming up this year, so I'll be with them. All right, things Marco did or didn't do. Can you work on that or what? I mean, I could, but you're gonna have me like crying in the closet oh, over here as I get, no, as no, I get depressed when I got to go, you know, take care of the other updates. No, and you could it, turn it into a bucket list. Okay, well, you didn't do this, but you know what? You will yeah, do this moving it's forward. A big bucket. <laughs> it's a big, big bucket. <laughs> Just get some stuff done, Marco. Eight seven. Aside from the updates and cutting some tape, eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. We'll get back to the calls here. Whatever you want to discuss on this Wednesday morning, Mets, Yankees, even the Knicks with a big win in Utah. Gary's calling from Rockland. What's up, Gary? I want to talk about um, the Yankees. Mm-hmm. What's this? Um, all this um, talk about that we got to get with it with all the analytics. It's all about analytics these days. All about analytics. What do you mean? The, wasn't wasn't the, the wasn't the Dodgers like the favorite to win the 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 the, the World Series this year? Mm-hmm. What 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 about the Yankees in the nineties when they were doing all that winning? weren't they the favorite then? There was no analytics then, or we we're just looking at numbers now, not looking at players anymore. Well, I imagine yeah, I if we drew up the, I think it's a balance of two things. I don't know what the odds on favorites or the odds would have to do with anything. You're talking about how baseball has gone to a point where analytics are a major part of how teams evaluate players and build their teams and make decisions based on analytics. But that's been something that's been going on since the 80s. I mean, Davey Johnson was one of the first to use analytics and platoons and things like that. So this is nothing new, but the way that it's evolved, it is now skewed more toward data than human gut feel. I think you the idea would be to have a balance of both, but maybe the Yankees have not been able to apply that balance as well as other teams, let's say. I just want to know if by telling you that there's a famous saying out there that God only made a few perfect heads and on the rest of them he put here. Well, so I don't get that. What is, it, what is that? That bull people are, are the perfect heads. That what? The rest of them had, bull people are perfect heads and the rest of them had they covered with here. Oh, yeah. What is, what's with the bald thing tonight? I don't get it. I don't know. It's going around. Yeah, I, I guess. All right. Thanks for the call, Gary. I mean, I, I just don't get it. Uh, I don't think it's relevant, nor do I think it's funny or entertaining. Uh, but anyway, thanks. Chris is calling from Farmingdale. What's up, Chris? Uh, I guess we got the guys on unemployment that got a call and don't have nothing to do tomorrow. I don't understand it. I mean, dude, it's uh, like, dude, dude, come on. You know what? If you, you know, there's people like me that actually want to talk about something that's relevant, and and you're wasting time at two something in the morning to talk about something that. Thank you. Ridiculous. Yeah, I just I just don't get it. God. But get lost. <laughs> thank you, Gary. I'm not. I made. Excuse me. Thank you, Chris. I made a promise. I'm not getting worked up anymore. No oh. more yelling. Nothing for me. I'm just gonna hang up and move no, on. Say that every night. I know. I know. 
wait, get back to me at four <laughs> o'clock. Maybe a different story then. But no, for now, no more yelling at anybody. <laughs> hey, can the Knicks play like this every night? Oh my God, they actually play some defense. They contest the threes. I mean, that's some sloppy turnovers. But you know what? This is what I want the team to play like. This is how I expected them to play. Now watch, they'll drop a, a goose egg tomorrow. You went out Jokic, <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> yeah, that's just the Knicks, you know. But it's like, man. All right, my question is, why is McBride not in the rotation? I mean, why is he using nine guys and uh, instead of eleven? Um, I mean, I know Grimes is still working his way back, but the guy's he's active. But my biggest concern is, I keep seeing McBride on the sidelines, and I'm like, okay, he's not in the D league. Why is he there? Well, I mean, can he use him in the rotation? I mean, as you know, as you mentioned, they even shorten the bench further. So I don't think you're going to see McBride anytime soon. And as for shortening the other guys, Tibbs said after the game, and with Grimes and Fournier we're talking about specifically, that he felt they want to keep a tighter rotation to keep guys in rhythm. And he thought it worked. Now, maybe he's referencing Emmanuel Quickly, who had his moment with the three straight threes, made a big uh, you know, it was a big factor in the game. Five of ten from the floor. Obi Toppin getting him more minutes. I mean, maybe they just want to keep it to that second team right there with the shorter bench as opposed to getting other guys in. It could kind of jumble the lineup a little bit. That's the way that Tibbs explained it. So I, yeah. I, I want to see McBride. I want to see Grimes. I'd rather see the young guys. But for now, it looks like the Knicks are going to shorten that rotation. And towards the end, um, I'm, I'm sure you agree. I don't think Randall should have been uh, substituted um, for Toppin uh, because, you know, it It just seemed like, you know, I think they had a nine-point or eight-point lead at the time, but you just know how, like especially the Jazz, you know, it, it, it probably wasn't going to last. You felt it, and I'm like, great. I was like, Randall's been doing these stupid turnovers. I'm like, I had that, I just had that feeling he's going to turn over the ball. I'm like, don't take Toppin out now. He's hot. But I, it, it didn't. It didn't hurt us. Thank God. But I, I don't. I didn't. I know uh, Han talked about it, and he didn't agree with it either. Yeah, I didn't have a big problem with it. I mean, that's kind of expected at this point. Randall is going to be one of their guys. He's going to be the closer or one of the closers on this team. Remember, too, Randall, a leader, taking everybody out to dinner, the players-only dinner after the embarrassing effort against the Thunder. I still. Here's the thing, Chris. I still can't get into this team. As currently constructed, I don't believe in him. I've been down this road before. We both have been down this road before. We all have been down this road before plenty of times, buying into this team, and to your point, watch them go out there tonight and get spanked by Denver, which nobody would be shocked. It's going to be an up-and-down season, and I guess 500 or around there is better than 17 wins, but ultimately, I'd want to see this team to a point where I could believe that they could be a team that could be at least dangerous in the postseason, and I'm not seeing that. Well, you know what? It's it's time for them to man up because the Mets and the Jets and even the Giants now, they got their act together. I mean, come on. Are the Knicks going to be that much of an embarrassment that they can't? I mean, you come on. The Jets, the Jets even got it right. No, I know. <laughs> Johnson. I mean, come on. Can, can this team get it right? No, you know? no. They had that one year, Chris. And as always, thank you for the call. Thank we you. appreciate your passion. It's It's extremely frustrating. And here's why. I mean, this is not why they haven't been able to get it right for 20 years, but here's why this particular team is not any good. R.J. Barrett, and I'm not picking on him, but R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle. R.J. Barrett last night, 5 of 18, 0 for 5 from three-point range, and 8 of 14 from the free-throw line. You know what that is? That's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. Because, it's first of all, it's unacceptable to me, to any player, to go 0 for 5 from downtown, any guard, 
0 for 5 from downtown, and, and your strength is getting to the rim, and you go 8 of 14 from the free throw line. That's unacceptable for any player. And now you're talking about their star. R.J. Barrett's supposed to be their star. Obviously, Randall as well, but we know what Randall is for the most part. He's inconsistent. He's going to turn the ball over. He's not a great closer. He's not a great shooter. Those two guys are not doing their jobs. The other guys, you know, even Reddish, you get some serviceable minutes from him. He's been much better and much more impactful this year. Brunson, I love what he's brought to this team as a point guard. You know, you, you, Obi Toppin's been solid off the bench. Jericho Sims, I've liked him since day one. Good-looking player around the rim. They miss Mitchell Robinson, despite whether you like the, the fact that they overpaid for him, whatever it may be. You know, if you don't want him to bring him back, I thought it was an important signing for Mitchell Robinson. And he is the centerpiece of their defense, so they need Mitchell Robinson in there. And obviously has limitations offensively, but you look at what this team is, I mean, they're, they're not very good. Even Emmanuel quickly, if you could get this quickly consistency or consistently from Emmanuel quickly, they'd be much better off. doesn't have to be a superstar, but know what you're getting from Toppin and quickly. And by the way, eventually, those two guys should be inserted in the starting lineup. The Knicks didn't draft those guys where they did to be backup players. Somebody's got to step up here. And quickly has regressed since his rookie year. Although, like we said, a good night last night. Let them have it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Back on the fan. When it comes to sports, it's all happening right now. Football, basketball, hockey, and soon enough, the World Cup. And there's no better place to wager on all of it than Superbook Sports. When you sign up, deposit, and wager in the same day, Superbook will give you a bonus up to $1,000. When the sports world is busy, it's time to get busy winning some money. So download the Superbook Sports app or visit Superbook.com to wager and win Today, visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 877-337. Oh, they switched up this garbage can. Garbage can. I like going right for the garbage. They switched it up, put it on the left. Get out of uh, out of sync here. I'm out of rhythm. I'm like R.J. Barrett. I can't go right. I got to go left. Uh, but I'm the opposite. I got to go right, not left. Anyway, 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Just to reset a little bit. We started the show talking about Anthony Rizzo and the fact that he'll be back with the Yankees. Good, great, grand. What's next for the Bronze Bombers? Are they going to act like a real team and actually improve their ball club? Or is it going to be status quo and just hope that, you know, they could bring back Judge and Benintendi, of course, and then what? That's basically their team? I mean, what are they going to do? And hope that they stay healthy? I don't think it's going to be good enough, but we'll see. Cross your fingers. Hope to get a little lucky this year. Roll the dice again. I'd love to see what's going to happen again next year if the Yankees run it back and still have the same result, you know, meaning falling short of the World Series again. Not winning, but just getting two. We've lowered our standards. Just get to the damn thing. Don't have to win it. Just get to it. 
But who knows? I mean, that's assuming that Aaron Judge comes back. If not, uh-oh. If Aaron Judge doesn't come back, not only will it change the entire outlook for the Yankees and their franchise, it will change the landscape of sports talk radio because Yankee fans are going to be livid. They're already angry at Boone Cashman at the team for not going out there and doing whatever it takes to try to get back to and win a World Series for the first time since 2009. They're already on edge. If they lose Judge, oh boy. Now again, we're not sure that's going to happen, and I wouldn't say that that's likely to happen, but that could be a game changer for many reasons. 877-337-6666. Val is calling from the Bronx. What's up, Val? Good morning, my brother, Sal. How you doing, sir? How are you, Val? I'm good. You know me. I'm good. I'm good. Yo, um, I got a couple of things to get into, Yankees, but before I do that, I was listening to you say something yesterday. I could save your life, bro. With? Okay, so you were saying something about, like, um, you know, the conversations you have with people, and then the next day, it's like, oh, yeah, you said da 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 and you were talking about the wife, too, how you getting this problem. She's oh, always like, yeah, right. no, right. I told you, I told you, know, I'm going to tell you right now, Sal, as a married man, Sal, don't get caught up in it, brother. That is a Jedi mind trick. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> six times out of ten, six times out of ten, it actually is true. She did say that, and you didn't hear it. Right. But there are four times when that is just a line they use because they know you can't fight it. If you are a lucky man, there will be one time that you catch her in it, and it makes it possible for you to use that any time over so she can't use that again. So you're I'm saying you, I got to just catch her that one time? You just got to catch her one time, and it makes everything else in your life possible. I, I, and it, mine happened with my sister-in-law because we were all in the car, and we were going somewhere. And my wife starts with this. No, I told you. Remember, I t- and my sister-in-law was in the backseat, like, and like after about five minutes, she's like, um, I actually no, babe, you. That was a conversation me and you had, and I was sitting right there. And from that time on, she can use that Jedi mind trick on me. You know what I'm saying? Trust All right, Val. I, I, right? no, I take it. I, I'm going to apply it. I like that. Look, I'll take any help I could get in this matter. So thank you. I used to get caught in that all the time, and then I realized, yo, I am not that like. Just not listening to her. I do listen to you. You didn't say that. <laughs> and I'm telling you, four out of them ten times. It's true. God, but either way, you know but this, the, Val. You're not winning regardless. That's a losing proposition. But I'm saying that's why you got to catch it at one time. I if got you it. can catch it at one time, it makes winning possible. I got it. So anyway, so to get to my stuff, I told you that thing with Rizzo was going to happen. That, that's domino number one. And stop with the... You know, uh, if Judge it, it's likely, bro. It's more than likely. Did you hear how with the strong talk today? Wait, more than likely that what? You think he's coming back or leaving? That he's coming back. Right. He's yeah, leaving. no, what I. What are you talking about? No, I heard, right. I heard how. And I think that after, well, it's encouraging to hear what he's saying. The problem is, you know, the Yankees should have done this. They should have locked him up before the season. So the fact that we're even here right now and it's possible. Uh, well, Val, the Giants did say the, they're not going to be out bid. It happened already, but Hal made it known that he's not going to be out good either. Well, we'll see. So, but but so so to get to my other thing then, because I told you already what's going to happen. I can't change the analytics. I'm just hoping that there's a come to Jesus moment with uh, Boone and Cashman. 
and they try to balance things out a little bit better with the analytics. But for what I called you about, and I want you to tell me if I'm crazy about this, I actually think there's value and there's a chance that we can save Glaber. Can I tell you how? Mm -hmm. So I told you before, with me, Glaber's problems started the year that he had that monster year with the live ball and he was knocking everything out. Right. And his problems, if I can, the best way I can say it is, is to say that they're pregame problems. His problem was that ever since that, that season, every offseason, he never put in the work that he needed to. And then there was the COVID year where nobody even thought there was going to be a season. He, sh he keeps showing up like not ready to play. If there was a way that we could have mandated that he played winter ball this year and just keep him focused on baseball throughout the offseason, I have a feeling next season he's a better player and he's a different player. If he could just get out of his own head and he doesn't, because it's the struggles that he has early because he's not ready. And then he ends up chasing it and you get little flashes, little pieces. And by the time he catches on, everybody's like, yo, we don't want you no more. Well, if he understands let me ask you this though. So, so let's just say Val, you're right. And they, and look, Glaber wasn't awful. He just has not been the, the star player that they expected him to be, especially the way that he started out and, his and, career. And that's, that's saying that he's awful then, because right. he, he's supposed to be much better than what he's been Right, given. so he's been disappointing. All, all right, so let's just say they bring him back. How are the Yankees, you're bringing back Judge, you brought back Rizzo, you have Glaber, all right, maybe uh, you bring up Peraza and he plays shortstop, Bader's in center field, and I'll even say they bring back Benintendi and left. How are the Yankees getting better? Because I, I told you, I personally think once we get rid of the problems, they, they buy that money. There's gonna what, if they're bringing up those young kids, there's gonna be room to chase Donaldson off the the roster, to chase Hicks off the roster. We get those things done. It, they might even keep IKF just as insurance, like sure. I told you for the young guys. Yeah, it'd be a bench player, but, yeah, but they're, they're, they're not better though. They, they're not, they, those... Yes, they can be. They can be. Let me tell you how they can be. Yeah, you know, because you're going to say, you're going to say, and thank you for the call, Val, and for the advice. We appreciate that, and I will apply it. I know that Jedi mind trick. Catch her once, hopefully she can't use it again. Although I'm, I feel like uh, in my particular case, she would still use it again. Anyway, Volpe, let's say he's a stud. Peraza does the job. I mean, the Yankees might be marginally better. I don't think that that's enough. That's not the difference-making that they need to catch up to the Astros. They're not there. Re remember, too, you know, the Yankees are funny. So think about it this way. They are now, and I hate when teams do this, and the Mets do it and, and or have done it in the past, and other teams do it. You know, the Knicks did it thinking that after their year a couple years ago where they finished fourth in the Eastern Conference, Okay, well, the one thing we were lacking was offense. Let's bring in a shooter and scorer like Evan Fournier, Kemba Walker. Then we should be good to go. Yeah, maybe in theory uh, that sounds great. Unfortunately, it doesn't work out that way. Things change year to year. So the Yankees right now are looking at this past season saying, well, we were just a few injuries away from being in the World Series. Well, what do you think is going to happen this year? Now you're saying, okay, well, We'll bring back everybody and just hope that they can stay healthy. Not only is that extremely difficult to hope that everybody stays healthy, you also then have to get the same production. The only reason why the Yankees were any good at all last year, at all, was because of Aaron Judge. The only reason at all.
that they were good was because of Aaron Judge. Starting pitching overachieved early on. You know, Jameson Tyone's not that good. Garrett Coleshore is a legit ace. Nasty Nestor is good. I love Severino full season. Trust those guys. But Aaron Judge was the lone reason why this Yankee team won the American League East. He was the guy. Do you think Aaron Judge is going to hit 62 home runs again this year? You know how hard that is? Law of averages. I mean, you think Judge is going to stay healthy? You're you're counting on... Now, I hope he is, and I hope he does hit 62 home runs. But think about it. You're counting on that type of production and then getting everybody else to stay healthy and then exceeding their production or matching their production from a year ago. It doesn't work like that. Maybe somebody goes up. Maybe somebody comes down. Somebody goes up. Somebody comes down. You think Peraza, Volpe, and Cabrera all going to just be studs? Oh, yeah, and LeMayu and Benintendi all will have career years as well. I mean, come on. And Bader will be fully healthy and in center field. You're not going to need Aaron Hicks or ever worry about him again. Doesn't work like that. Justin's calling from Manhattan. What's up, Justin? Oh, how you doing, Sal? How are you, Justin? I'm a first-time caller. I'm good, man. I'm good, man. First-time caller. I'm a big fan. I work overnight security. Uh, so me and my partner listen to you all the time. You get us through our shit. Thank you. You make us laugh. You make us smile. Thank so you very much, Justin. Well, well thank you. I love you guys. I, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you both very much for listening. I appreciate it. Oh, uh, of course, man. I, I'm a brother like you, bro. I, I, I have to work on my on my inner peace sometimes. So I, I get it. I'm right there with you. Well, listen, look. I got a couple things about the Knicks. Here's my big thing. I, I, I never liked Julius Randle ever since they signed him. I always knew what he was going to be. A regular season warrior, and then when it comes to the postseason, you're going to see him choke up. Um, it, it happens a lot when we get some of these guys, uh, try to sign some of these veteran players. I'm not saying that he's a vet vet, but, you know, he's been in the league for a couple of years, and we've seen what he has to offer. Um, him trying to be a primary ball handler on our offense is not working. We've seen it the past two years. I don't understand why they keep trying to run the offense through him. I like how, you know, they're trying to move the ball around now. I like I like Tom Thibodeau. I really hope they don't fire Tom Thibodeau, but I do think Tib needs to wake up and tell these guys to get more aggressive inside the paint on both sides of the floor. There's no reason why we're taking so many uh, contested shots and um, the ball can't be spread around. Because if you spread the ball around just for an extra pass, you will see that you have one or two people open in the perimeter. If not, you got Mitchell Robinson and um, uh, Jericho Sims inside. And I love Jericho Sims since the um, the uh, summer league. He mm-hmm. shows like a, a couple of good sparks here and there. And I think if you keep him and watch him develop, you're going to see him probably become more of an um, impact player than Mitchell Robinson. Probably. But it depends on how he develops. So that's, that's just my intake on that. Again, Sal, yo, I love well, you, man. I love listening to your show. Uh, I want to hear your points, though. Well, thank you, Justin. I appreciate the support. Uh, We really do appreciate the kind words and and the support. Uh, Look, here's the thing. You could talk about Tibbs and his coaching style. I trust Tibbs. I think he's a good coach. He'll eventually get fired because the Knicks aren't good enough. And they have limitations. And you talk about the ball movement and the extra pass. Yeah, you're right. Those are important things. And I've seen this team at times look like they could do that. It's just way too inconsistent. And I don't know how you can definitively say it's coaching. And 
maybe that's a part of it, but I really think that it's the players that are the problem here. Think about this, and you talk about Mitchell Robinson and Jericho Sims, and I like those guys, but they're both defensive centers with limited to no offensive game. That's a problem. In today's NBA, now, I like a center that can play down low. I grew up watching Patrick Ewing, so that's what I think a center is, and I know that's not anywhere near what a center is anymore. In today's NBA, you need bigs to be able to stretch the floor. The Knicks do not have that. Julius Randle is not a guy that you want to see with the ball in his hand. However, two years ago when the Knicks were at their best with this group, Randle was a guy with the ball in his hand. He played at an all-star level. He is not that consistently. He's a turnover machine. He's not going to a guy who's going to create his own shot. He's not even a good shooter. R.J. Barrett, again, not a good shooter. A shooting guard who isn't a good shooter, whose strength is attacking the rim, who also isn't a good free throw shooter. He's working at it. He's just not improving. That's a big problem. And is it Tibbs who's not giving Grimes, McBride proper minutes? Is it Tibbs who's maybe stunted the growth of Emmanuel Quickly and Obi Toppin by limiting their minutes? I don't have the answer to that. Is I mean, how many coaches have we seen with the Knicks? Is a, another coach really going to make a difference? And whoever it may be, it's not going to be somebody with the track record that Tibbs had before he got here. And then we saw in his first year what Tibbs did. You know what the most fun thing is or was about that team a couple years ago? That finished fourth? The effort that they played with every night. That team, the reason why I got behind them and everybody else in this town got behind them, not because they were winning a ton of games, it was because they played hard almost every single night. They were a team that didn't really have a lot of talent, but they gave max effort and won a lot of games on sheer effort because other teams were were basically just not showing up. Knicks didn't have any scoring, didn't have any shooting. They had Julius Randle, and they played defense. The idea would have been to build on that foundation because we thought that that was, I mean, I thought that that was a Tibbs thing. Okay, well, this is the coach making a difference here with this foundation getting this team to play hard defense. Now, if they could just add some actual talent and some guys who could shoot, maybe they'd be okay. And they tried it with Fournier and Kemba Walker, and it it didn't work. It failed miserably. And they got worse. And that foundation that we thought was there, that those guys are going to be added to, turned out to be a fake foundation. A house of cards. Led by Julius Randle, who was miserable last year both miserable and terrible on the floor. And he wasn't the only problem, but he was the focal point because he was a guy who was an all-star a year ago. So you had Tibbs and Randall taking all the credit in the world for turning the Knicks around, and then a year later, both those guys getting criticized because Randall was awful, and what happened to Tibbs' defense? Well, here we are now year three, and there still are inconsistencies. And Tibbs will say, well, I'm an offensive coach too. I know how to coach... Offensive basketball, I know my bread and butter is defense, but you know he could coach offense as well. Okay, 
maybe that's true. I'm sure he's a great basketball coach. But it's either not working with this group. Maybe he's not resonating anymore when you see the lack of consistent effort. Did it take or need to take a team dinner, a players-only dinner, to get the Knicks to buy in and play hard? I mean, I don't understand exactly what's going on here. And then even if you do get the effort, they still aren't good enough to be consistent with the ball movement, with the shooting, with the free throw shooting, with the defense. And that's why they're maddening. So, I mean, I don't have an answer to what to do here other than bring in better players. If they fire Tibbs, it's going to be, okay, great, so who's next? It's going to be somebody with less experience. We're going to find out what they could do. If they could be an offensive guru, whatever it may be. If they could lure a big player here. I mean, that's where we're at with the Knicks, where it's essentially you need a big star. They made their bed here with Randall and Barrett, and it's not looking good for them. And I can't imagine it changing. They have been consistently inconsistent, if not flat-out underperforming the highest of the expectations. Randall was an all-star. He's got to be that consistently. R.J. Barrett was supposed to grow to that. That's the only way this team will be any good. So ultimately, I don't even think it's in Tibbs' hands. Go for it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Back on the back on the band. 877-337-6666. 66 is the number to call if you want to talk some sports with me. We'll get into the Mets rotation and some of the rumors that we heard yesterday and potentially guys that they could be looking at to fill in that rotation and what I feel about DeGrom and what's going to happen there. We'll get into that coming up at 3 o'clock. Fleeks, I wanted to talk to you about something else that I saw yesterday. And I didn't talk to you about this off the air, but I was assuming you got involved in this somehow. The Taylor Swift Ticketmaster fiasco. Can you explain that? Because I saw all these headlines. Oh, my God, Taylor Swift tickets were going on sale. And there was, I guess, Ticketmaster shut down. Is it she's so popular that she shut down Ticketmaster? Yeah, well, that's it. And it's also because Ticketmaster is a disgrace. Like, it happened with Bruce recently. That was a couple months ago. Oh, it did? The same thing? where it got- Yeah, like, it, it crashed. And so, part of the problem was, so, the way they do it with the verified fan is you sign up for a verified fan based on, you know, certain criteria. This time, apparently, it was more random who got a pre-sale code and who did not. Like, I got a code. I know a lot of people who ended up on the wait list. Then, when it was the time, 10 a.m., for your venue time. Right. So, so 10 a.m. local time. And this is where? This is for MetLife Stadium? Yeah, I did okay. MetLife. Okay. So you go on. There's is she a doing in the room. garden too or just MetLife? No, no, it's the outdoor stadiums. Right, because she's so big that, yeah, okay. Uh, so you sign up and then there's a waiting room and then the lobby and the queue. So all of that's moving along. And, you know, I stayed up when I got home because I'm like, ah, I'm not going to sleep for two hours. I'll just do the tickets right. and then go to bed. And the last couple times, she was the first one, I think, to do the, or one of the first to do the verified fan. Years ago, brought it back for another tour that ended up being canceled because of the pandemic. But 
each time I had my tickets within 25 now, does that, minutes. Does the simple. verified fan, is that supposed to like take out the ticket brokers? Right, that's the okay. point, and that's what Bruce used to. It's supposed to take out the people who are just buying the tickets to resell, to resell them. Right. Um, so I had my code, got in, line's moving, halfway through it stops, and I'm checking Twitter, you know. It's, What's it's, going on? Ticketmaster had an issue after the first people got in, like 15 minutes in, their whole system crashed. And oh, that's God. that's with just the people. Remember, so they've already weeded out millions of people and only allowed access to a few. And even then, they could not handle uh, the, the few traffic. people that, they, right, that they chose to give access to. And then by the time I got in, the line moved. It happened to a lot of people. The tickets were gone, which was not supposed to happen because... There was a limit of tickets you can buy, so the point was that the people that got in on the presale, you were supposed to be able to get at least like two tickets. The, so okay. the Ticketmaster, well, same again, similar as what happened with Bruce, and then the dynamic pricing, and then people all of a sudden are having to check the so, secondary market. Ticketmaster did not learn from its problems a few months ago. So two questions then: the, the concert as of right now at MetLife is only do one night? No, three nights. I had to pre. You got a presale. That was the thing again. You got a presale for. One night at you know at the venue. So even if all the people signed up for MetLife, you had the presale for just one of the shows. Are all three sold out? So not so uh, sold out for this presale. Then there's a, a there were more presale like the venue times. They ended right. up postponing the West Coast stuff because Ticketmaster couldn't get anything together. There was a Capital One sale that got postponed until what's now later today. And then there's a general on sale for the public. So not every ticket was available. Yesterday, it's just the ones that were blocked off for that presale were gone before seemingly most people who were supposed to have access got access it's to in, buy them. It's infuriating. I, I can't stand this stuff. And then lastly, and then of the, course you check on StubHub. They're all there for you know in so much more than face value. So somehow, some way, as always, the ticket brokers and the scalpers are going to win anyway. They got so their that hands was going to be my next question. What are we looking at? And I know that they vary depending on where you're sitting, but like, give me a lower bowl, not right near the stage. Like, what are we looking at uh, price-wise here? See, I didn't even check the lower bowl. The upper bowl, you were talking like 400 which oh, is what? more than four times face value. I think oh, no, that's no, no, just I'm talking because- about face value. What is face value for those? For either. Oh, for face value. I mean, for like the lower bowl, uh, not floor seats, lower bowl, you were talking like 115 to 225 I think, you know, right, depending that's not, on row. That's not awful, then. That's not that and bad. And that's more for MetLife than it is in other areas. Like, the cheapest ticket... Upper Bowl for lesser, I guess, cities was fifty bucks, and for MetLife it was like seventy five. You're in, you know, New York metropolitan area. Yeah, I mean, I figured that they're going to be up there. I forgot because the Garden is ridiculous. So I heard all this stuff about Taylor Swift, and I don't know what I was doing. I don't know if I got an email or whatever. I was searching Ticketmaster to find something, and I got a uh, an email about Nas. Are you familiar with Nas, Marco? You a big Nas fan? Not a fan, but uh, I've heard of really? him. Really? All right. Yeah, Nas. I'm assuming Fleegs, you, are you a Nas fan? Or? Yes. Also, underrated Nas moment. Check him out on Billy on the Street. If you're familiar with Billy Eichner, Nas might be the one celebrity guest who did not understand that show. Really? Oh, I got to see that. I, um, I know the it, show. It just, not... I mean, pr- uh, premier awkwardness. Nas level. a Mets fan, by the way. Um, or at least I believe he's a Mets fan. The... So they, they say, you know, take a measure, always getting these emails and promotion, whatever. One night only Nas at Madison Square Garden. I was like, what? This is my wheelhouse. I'd love to go see Nas. Nas? Come on, I haven't seen him in forever. And I go to look at the tickets. I want you two to guess. This is Madison Square Garden. Now, 
As much as I love Nas, and I think he's better than Jay-Z. He was at the peak of his powers 18, 20 years ago. Correct. And I don't think, is there any dispute, like, who's the biggest star, Jay-Z or Nas? Like, if I were to tell you that Jay-Z is playing at the Garden, you'd be like, that's a huge deal, right? Maybe because of the, I don't know, the amount, of, you know, maybe because Nas doesn't do this often. I'm not sure exactly what the nature of uh, of this is here, but I just know that I personally feel like I haven't seen Nas in concert in forever or had the opportunity to see him in forever. Playing at the Garden, one night only in February. What would you think would be the face value, lower bowl, kind of like, because I usually look like mid-lower bowl to the, even if you want to go to the end lower bowl to, to where the stage is. I mean, the way you're framing the question, I'm going to say we're talking like 300 bucks for lower bowl. Higher. Like 450 Yeah. Yeah. Now, oh. it, it, it comes with a Nas merchandise package. Like, you get a poster that says you were there and maybe a shirt. Dude, and that's... Oh, be- a poster. Yeah, and that's before, <laughs> which which would be cool, I'm sure, but for 450 that's before the fees and taxes. Right, the, fi- the $50 service fee. Which is ridiculous. Well, and was it, is this also on Ticketmaster where you got to buy them? Yes, and... And they're almost all sold out, like the other seats, the cheaper seats. I mean, you could probably get a couple that are up higher a little bit or back in the corner for maybe like, let's say, 150 each. Well, those are just impossible to get because when you realize, you know, it's what, a third of the capacity, that's the seats that everybody else is trying to get just because they can't afford the, the lower right, bowl stuff. Right, so most people are going for the cheaper seats, so you're going to see some of the 400 uh, price tickets are available, but like... And then I go to put it in just to see like what the total be. You're talking about almost a thousand dollars for two tickets to see Nas. And as much as I love him, like that that's I'd rather go to Fort Lauderdale for that. Well, and that's why I don't know if it'll happen with that, but like the same thing happens with so many concerts, like the Taylor Swift tour years ago. People buy them, they put them up on StubHub, crazy amounts. Event like that's what it is now. People, if there's some that are desperate that are gonna jump and not wait. The closer you get to a show date, they'll resell for down more than face value. But you know, you're talking maybe you know if face value is a hundred, they'll sell for one forty, one fifty because there's just nobody out there that even if they wanted to can pay those crazy amounts. I could not believe like two fifty, even three. All right, for a good seat and all this VIP package or whatever. And it's an artist that, you know, when was the last time he put on a show? I think that's the the draw, which is why even I'd be excited. Like, what? Nas is performing? And it's one night. But damn, 400 bucks? Yeah, no. Now, have have you been to a concert? I've been to many (laughs) concerts, yes. Yes, I've been to many. Not in a long time. Last one I went to was probably about a decade ago, and I saw Megadeth, but... Oh, Megan, we complete opposite with music, probably. Who else? Probably. Me- well, like I'm Metallica? Like, uh, yeah, I'm more of like a hard rock, classic ging, rock. Ging, kind of, yeah. Oh, hard rock, classic rock I could get into. Yeah, Metallica I've probably seen about 10 or 15 times in concert. I, I'm I'm not, like, I couldn't name you an album. I know the Sandman song from Metallica. Right, right. But the I thought, Sandman I, song. The he goes, Sandman right, song, yes. right, yeah. yes. <laughs> Mariano Rivera made that very popular, yes. Fleegs, yeah. yeah, exactly. Fleegs has got a pop covered. You've got the... And classic rock. Hard rock. And cl- are you... Uh, the two that go hand in hand. Fleegs, the last you, concert I went to was The Who. Are, oh, so you're, there you go. Are you... Uh, what's Megadeth considered? Uh, more of like a hard rock metal, yeah. Are you... Oh, yeah, metal, right. That's what I was looking for. Are you into any of that metal or hard rock or... Don't dislike it, but it's not the priority for me to go see a show live. Yeah, and I'm basically hip hop. I mean, I know I'll go to whatever. I love, yeah, I love Billy Joel as well. 
Yeah. Well, no, me too. And again, there, there's eclectic stuff. I mean, right. you know, I was a big public enemy guy back in the oh, day too. So like, I like that's it. what I'm saying. Like, there's definitely different avenues that you can go. Oh, yeah, yeah. boy. That was tremendous <laughs> back in the late '80s. I was like, uh, look, anything in the late '80s into the '90s. If you were angry, I'm with you. NWA. If you had anger issues. Yeah. I was right along with you. I'm still with it. No, I, you're right. I, I was like that back in 2000. Any kind, you know, Eminem, whoever. Yeah. And now I find myself, and I don't know what's gotten into me, maybe just getting older, but I like more R&B or even pop. Like, I'll listen to a lot. You know what I've been in love with lately? Selena Gomez. Do you watch, are you in her fleas or is that like against Taylor Swift's? Uh... <laughs> no, they're best friends. You, uh, you're talking like newer or older? Like, because there's a new song that came out with the documentary. I've heard the song, haven't seen the movie. Yeah, the documentary was fantastic. I'm hoping I, to watch it maybe this weekend. I highly recommend it. And I don't know how a superstar could come across any better than Selena Gomez does. She's very open about, you know, mental problems and, and issues, but she seems. As down-to-earth as a mega-celebrity could ever be. And on top of the mental health stuff, which she's an advocate for, she had serious physical issues as well, right. which I'm sure they covered in Right. That. Didn't she get a uh, kidney, a kidney transplant? transplant? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good God. Anyway, I would check out that. <laughs> Markle's lost here. Where is that? Is that on Apple or is that Netflix? It's on Apple, yeah. Yeah, it's on Apple. But it was worth a watch. You know, my wife was in and I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to watch this. And I was like, oh, my God, this is an incredible story. And, yeah, she's got great hits. Anyway, my point is I'm into all that soft stuff now. Okay. Well, I know Taylor I mean, Swift, too. As you get older, I mean, it depends on the mood. Like, I can find myself, there's, I got to be in a Megadeth overkill type of mood, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's Credence right. for like an hour straight. Yeah, and right, Tom that's... Petty, just to, you know, kind of pass the time. Going home at 5 a.m., if I'm not listening to the warm-up show with Alan Jerry, which I usually am, I'll usually go something, like, relaxing. I don't. I can't listen to anything that's going to get me hype. You know, any kind of rap yeah, song. Yeah, see, or that's, that's where I'm going to like Rage Against the Machine. I need so you something. Go opposite. To, I, I need something to wake me up. I right? want to I'm more set. Unless I'm exhausted and need something to help get me through the drive, I'm more of the, you know, the stuff that's up coming in. Right. And just more soothing, relaxing on the way going on. Agreed. Home. If not just flat out off, like I need to unwind. Now, me. real quick before you go yeah. and change the topic a little bit, when you said documentary, and we were talking to Nick Turturro mm-hmm. last week. Yeah, oh, yeah. Watch Mac. Tremendous. Was I, this the one that he told us about? That was the about? one that John Turturro, that his brother directed. About his father? Yeah, Nick's in it, about his father. Tremendous. You I, saw it? I was able to find it on, I don't remember what platform it was, Prime, whatever it was. Somewhere, I was able to get it over the weekend. I watched it. Nick, thank you. Tremendous movie. I forgot. You got to text me and remind me. I forgot to, hey, I always get these recommendations, and I get home, and I'm like, oh, I got five minutes to myself. What can I do in these Well, that was minutes? the thing. I found a little bit of time when um, I was trying to get my car fixed, and they actually took me home. They're like, it's going to be hours. We'll take you home. I was like, tremendous. So I, I had Go watch Mac. Time to, and I found Mac, and it was nice. great. Nice. I love it. Look at that. The good recommendation from Marco.